just fucking bedrosed me. What the hell? Hello and welcome to episode number 48 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac where I may be the no agenda fluffer but I hit record and play so you can hear this again later. And from America's left coast where we need a new Hollywood because this one's woke. I'm Ryan Bemrose. It's so very 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 woke. How's the weather there? I hear that you have some storms going on just in case. Um, Something well, I, happens here. We we do. It is it is what is called a windstorm here. Uh, which if we were in the tropics, uh, this is uh, this is a Pacific typhoon that has come ashore outside the tropics. So we can't call it a typhoon or a hurricane or anything. And it probably doesn't have quite the power. But it's uh, the trees are dancing right now. And if I if I lose power during this show, you'll understand why because uh, we've already had a couple flickers this morning. Um, really the the only real problem the trees as long as they're dancing it's fine but you know if one of them gets tired and decides to have a, a nice little nap on some nice comfy power lines then we could have issues well you know you have some nice large trees there and you shared a photo with me at one point of a tree that was very nice and decided to take a nap on one of your cars i believe yeah that happened uh that happened actually on dame bemrose's birthday <laughs> happy birthday you're getting a, a new car back. yeah <laughs> whether so, you want one or not yeah. <laughs> we we didn't get a new car we pocketed the money it was awesome we didn't need two cars at the time so the tree did you a favor uh no because it landed on the wrong car <laughs> <laughs> damn it. It, it it landed on the the 2010 car which uh i i don't know if i've told this story or not the so we had a, a Ford Escape and a, a Buick, and the Buick was, I bought it new in 2001, still have it, uh, best car I've ever had, uh, but the Escape we bought new in 2010, and we bought it, uh, uh, here's, here's a quick tip for anybody needing to buy a car, is that the best time in the world to buy a car, we went on December 30th. Year end. Yeah. Because these people were so desperate, uh, and and of course, between Christmas and New Year's, uh, and the place was dead. So we were the only customers in the entire dealership. There were four salespeople working, and they were all hovering over the table. And uh, they they did the slimy salespeople tactics, like uh, taking way too long and going and, and visiting the manager where they go back in the back and play a video game or something. But... <clears throat> Uh, what I ended up walking out with was 0% financing for four years. And I was planning on paying cash because I don't like paying, paying interest on loans. I was like, well, I've got the money. I'm just, and then they're like 0%. I'm like, I, yeah, I'll keep that cash and do something else with it. If that's what you really want. But you know, you so, see you, your problem was you should have negotiated more when they were like 0%. I would have like pulled yeah, out like, the cash and been interest. like. No, I, mean, I need more money. I need give me like uh, negative yeah. interest, and uh, you pay me to take the car and the loan. So, so four year loan uh, with zero percent interest, and we, you know, we went ahead and paid it off on on time. Just made every payment exactly like clockwork. Didn't even pay ahead like I did with my mortgage. But 
that was December of 2010. Uh, in January of 2015, uh, four days after, five days after we sent the last payment, the tree fell on the, tr- on the car. It was time. Yeah. It was <laughs> so, paid off. <clears throat> and, then, and then the insurance company gave us a big lump sum. So when I thought I was buying a car, uh, what I was actually doing was getting a four-year lease. It really makes sense, I suppose. You didn't see somebody out there from like a Buick or Dodge with a, a, a sledgehammer or a chainsaw like this guy needs a new car. We'll just. Well, I did see people out there with a chainsaw later. In fact, I was one of them. Plenty of free firewood. But yeah, trust me, that tree, we got back at it. We burned its cor- carcass for the winter. We'll see at you least a little, little, little silver lining. Yeah, you don't you don't throw out free firewood like that when the tree is going to be like, here, let's just drop in your driveway i mean you have to clear it anyway <clears throat> the the only problem with it was was of course it's a lot of work chopping up a tree and this tree was probably three and a half four feet in diameter damn that's a big tree we don't have those around here many at least no we it, and it wasn't even close to the biggest tree around here i'm looking at the ones that are dancing and the you know, these trees are 100 meters tall maybe more like 110 feet uh and the very the very top of them is swaying back and forth 30 feet right now <laughs> you're like this thing could break like a toothpick and actually they're really strong and yeah it could break if the tree is damaged or rotten or something but we you you also learn to make sure that you can tell the tree but anyways people aren't here to to hear you know arborist talk they're here to listen to us rant about shit well it seemed like you were ranting about that and i'd like to rant about I mean, again, another thing here that we can talk about testing today's connection is I'm using a brand new modem. Well, it's a gateway, but I put it into bridge mode because, you know, I don't want Comcast to handle all of my Wi-Fi experience in the house. But I was intrigued with the new gateway that's coming out, which it turns out isn't uh, available yet here. Oh, the, the troll room is is fact checking me. Um, it, I did not mean 100 meters. I meant it's in the 30 meter range, maybe 40. It's good somebody fact checks you. Yes. I mean, I just important. get, I get so I would not used want to be wrong. You would have to do a show about it. I get so used to you being wrong. I just ignore it. So it's good that the troll room can pick up on that thing. But there's a new gateway coming out allegedly sometime this year, but they said it was in testing in Chicago. So I figured I would give a uh, tweet, a direct message over to the Comcast cares people or whatever the account is named because they're the only, you don't mean. You don't mean the the computers that had the cow pattern on them. The computers that had the cow pattern. That was what the gateways. uh, Get a gateway computer. I never owned one because, you know, they had a cow on them. I mean, I, the (laughs) good reason I I will say, I mean, I may not be the ultimate coder dude named Ben when it comes to things like you can do or a lot of people that we run into from doing the show and from the no agenda crowd. But I was a guy who never I purchased one desktop. The first desktop that my wife and I got was a Hewlett Packard or no, I'm sorry. It was a Micron, which I don't, I know they're still around as a company. I don't think they make personal computers anymore, but after that went to strictly building my own, you know, parting everything out, putting it together and uh, only went back to this, this Dell kind of stuff. Once the eyes kind of went and was like, I don't, you know, and there's two things that really make building a computer hard, having crappy vision and really big hands because these things don't go well together with small screws especially as these parts have gotten smaller and smaller but 
when this but it's it's getting to the point where you nobody builds a computer anymore so they're not making the interchangeable parts anymore the vast majority of computers are just prefabbed and, and what they you know they they put all the parts together in a factory and then they fill the case with glue just in case you were planning on ever trying to maintain it right if something goes bad bad just return the whole thing that's that's much yeah, more convenient throw it away and buy a new one that's the apple model the gateway that's coming out which they've been testing in the chicago area they call it the xp7 but i was intrigued with it because the modem that i own and this modem this this gateway that i got here there's still only a one gig ethernet port on the unit so that means even though you're getting gigabit speeds you know best case scenario you're pulling 960 meg you're never getting that full gig where with every other speed that you would get from comcast or i'm assuming most other cable industry uh, internet providers they over provision a little just because they know people are going to be whiny bitches and be like well i'm paying for 60 and i've got i'm only getting 58 so they over provision to try to get your speed tests at least a little over what's promised but you can't really do that with a simple one gig port in the unit so the new ones are going to have a 2.5 gig port and I know you still have to have that in your computer and then in your route, you know, your routers are using that. And and you need the CAC 6 cable everywhere. And, yes. Yeah. So there is there is some stuff that has to be and done, then, but I'm willing to. And then the best the best thing about it is that everybody will take that new hardware and the, you know, the stuff that is capable of blazing fast speeds. And then they'll just leave it in the closet and connect everything by Wi-Fi. Right. <laughs> Which makes absolutely no sense. But that is why. I was intrigued by this new unit and the fact that running in their gateway mode, it had four of the ports. I don't know if they were all 2.5. I would have to double check that, but they had four Ethernet ports. And I'm like, well, I hardwire most everything except phones, tablets and that. But I was intrigued if I could run my desktop directly to the fast pipe, because that's where I do 99% of the stuff. And then everything else could go through a switch and all that. And I didn't care. But I was just interested to try this thing out. So I sent a message via Twitter, direct message to the Comcast Cares people. That that horrible bird sight again. Right. But I have found if you have Xfinity and you have any kind of issues whatsoever, these are the people that can take care of it no matter what. Even if everybody else has lied to you, uh, wasn't able to do anything, had. I've had multiple occasions where everybody else I talked to in the Comcast chain swore to me it couldn't happen. What I was asking for would just never be possible. One tweet to these guys are like, oh, yeah, no problem. So I really do cannot more highly recommend if you have Comcast that that's where you go first if you have a problem. And this is what I did when I just wanted to inquire about the availability of this gateway. Again, I had my own modem but i had been paying 50 bucks a month for the unlimited data because that's what comcast charges you as crazy as that may be can can i, can I ask a question here yeah how much is bimlet paying you for this native ad nothing but he should i'll, I'll reach out to him i mean okay. I'm not, it's not really a native ad because i'm bitching about the fact that you know 50 dollars for unlimited data and i don't understand the new system but part of this new gateway part of it along with the other gateway that they currently have now but if you take their gateway rather than own your own modem unlimited data is now included so i'm paying 50 bucks 
two days ago to rent my own, to, to own my own modem and pay 50 bucks for the unlimited data. Now I'm paying 20 bucks a month to use their gateway as my modem and unlimited data is included free. Yeah, I can definitely tell how you're getting screwed on this deal. You know, it's like 30, well, it's 30 bucks off the bill to take extra hardware, which I don't get, but I think they expect people not to run it in bridge mode. Cause the one thing I did notice was the Comcast Comcastic Wi-Fi hotspot that they use with these gateways when they get them out to you it just says service unavailable un- or something. So I don't know if it's because we're running it in the, uh, I mean, the first thing I did was I went into the settings and changed it to bridge mode because I wanted to use my existing router, but everything seems to be running fine. But the interesting thing was the only question I asked in my message to Comcast was, is the XP7 available in my area? And the response I got back was, no, but I have a few ways I can save you money on your bill. And I'm like, what? was not i mean i was going to ask that question i'm sure at right after because the promo that i was on had expired like a month ago well and and because if you manage to go through the monumental task of getting through their automated system and being connected to a human then you may as well ask because you know comcast is so desperate to keep their their customer satisfaction numbers you know non-zero that that they will give you those deals but I was just floored that I did not ask for a deal. All I asked for was the availability of the new gateway that's coming out. And they responded with, no, but I can save you money on your bill. Yeah. I was like, really? He's yeah. like, well, I can give you this promo. Or if you want to take another one, you know, 12 month contract, it was 10 bucks a month cheaper. And I'm like, well, I've had Xfinity for like two decades, whatever. You know, I've had the cable Internet, not planning on moving. They're the only game in town. So sure, I'll go on another 12-month contract i don't care but i was just kind of floored by the fact that they just immediately offered ways to save money that doesn't seem normal for comcast but for these guys again the comcast cares people they seem to know what's going on and maybe they saw that we've asked in the past about promotions and figured they would just get a leg up on it and i have to say i mean i don't mind going through the extra little step and, and clearly it was worth it because it, it cost them pennies to change your speed for a couple months and they got this fantastic ad out of it. But they didn't change my speed. I'm oh. still getting the same speed. Well, whatever they did. I, I, I'm i sorry. Whatever you said that you got out of them. I'm, am I supposed to be listening to you? Is that how this, this I just show don't is understand why they would charge 50 bucks. Because can somebody explain to me what they're getting out of this? That if you rent your own modem. They charge you 50 bucks for unlimited data. If you rent their modem and then they have to actually give you a modem, obviously, for 20 bucks a month, they then include unlimited data so you don't have to pay for it. So why don't they just make unlimited data 20 bucks a month? Well, okay. first of all, what what are they getting out of it? They're getting this ad. And and I I, I say that flippantly because I'm flippant. But (laughs) what I mean is. Uh, you will walk away. You are obviously somebody, and they they probably check these things. You are obviously somebody who posts on Twitter more often than nothing. Uh, that you probably have, uh, you know, more than thirty followers on Twitter. So you're the kind of person who can have a social, you know, an influencer. They will probably identify, and so they they go. Well, we can go ahead and give this particular person 
some, you know, some kind of benefit out of our advertising budget because you will go out on uh, the wildly successful podcast that doesn't make enough money, uh, <laughs> Grumpy Old Ben's, and talk about how amazing they are. And the next person who goes in, who is a nobody, who doesn't have a Twitter following. JC Jr. Yeah, probably, is going to go in and say, hey, do you have any deals for me? They'd be like, yeah, um, no problem. We'll give you 30 megabits for $240 a month. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly the case, but how could you turn down saving 30 bucks a month? That's my only question, because people were like, well, rent well, your own. I mean, that was the in the <laughs> troll room was like, just rent your own modem. I'm like. You're not understanding. I want to save the 30 bucks a month on the unlimited data. How can you turn down saving 30 bucks a month? It's such a loaded statement that just loaded with advertising speak. I could. (laughs) No advertising speak. Though back in the 80s, every time that a commercial came on, I I identified as, as a child, I identified very quickly that the word save, save, save was in every bit of advertising out there. They're like, you know, you can save $10 on this product. And I'm like, yeah, but I can save $50 on the product by not fucking buying it. But I already had the product. Yeah. I, and I wanted you, you it for what, less. You know, you know what saves me the entire cost is not needing your shitty product. Yeah. You have two internet connections at your house. I do. I do. <laughs> so Act, well, there's this, that. <laughs> yeah. We, we have a Comcast connection in this house and uh, I think they actually, I think uh, uh, on the first, they actually upgraded our speed again. I don't know what our what our download speed is because they, they upgraded every couple months just like, hey, thank you for being a customer. We're going to upgrade you again. I think now we're we're in the terabit range download or something. I, I haven't asked. Um, but I also know that, that my upload speed on that connection is, I don't know, some something in the neighborhood of 10 bits per second. And... So yeah, what what am I connected podcasting on where it actually helps to be able to send a decent quality stream? I'm using the fiber. The fiber is uh they they don't allow it. They haven't allowed it forever. It was uh you know, back when everybody thought that fiber to the home was going to be the future and AT&T came out and put in uh a fiber optic cable to people's houses to for whoever wanted it, it was uh Fios, I think it was the name yes. the brand name for it. And we ended up jumping on that, which was a fantastic deal for the incredible blazing speed that was unheard of in 2007 of 35 megabits up and down symmetric. Yeah, the up is where you're getting it. And 35 doesn't seem like much now, but it was amazing back then. Uh, And so we got it. And now they don't offer it. But uh, AT&T completely sold out their share to a company called Frontier. And Frontier actually has no interest whatsoever in being an ISP, but they get massive government subsidies for continuing to serve existing customers. So they will never sign up a new customer. And as people eventually get old, move away, die, (laughs) change ISPs, the people they have to serve is dwindling. But as long as we continue to have service with them, we will continue to have this 35 megabit per second fiber optic connection to our house. And let me tell you that I, we can lose power and the fucking fiber does not go down. The fiber never wavers. We never get throttled. Our bandwidth never changes. 35 isn't that much anymore, but it is never dropped to 34 ever once. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to be using when I have to upload. 
Well, yeah, it's a solid line. And for things like audio, like we're doing now, the amount you need is is minimalistic, which I'm always surprised that there's not really good sololutions that do super high res audio for podcasting which is why i'm surprised that we're not going all mags and streaming video as well well we could we certainly have the ability we certainly have the bandwidth but we have the faces for radio we've been told by our wives that uh we definitely shouldn't do that now larry on the other hand then uh they have different thoughts about larry but that's neither here nor there we yeah we're using the technology we don't bring up the topic of larry with our wives too much because we want them to stay our wives Oh, yeah, the other day turned something the the Larry show on and there was some like sound effects starting it like he does every now and then with a little, uh, you know, little vignette, you know, vignette, I, I, vignette. I can't speak. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's vinaigrette. Vinaigrette. Yes. He had a little vinaigrette at the beginning and like five seconds. Like, oh, Larry. I'm like, yeah, OK, we, we know that's all she wants to listen to is that Larry show. And he does a quality product. I cannot complain or argue about that. But yeah, okay. Well, I, I can complain. Well, you complain about everything. Yeah. When, when, I, they, don't don't challenge me. I can give me a topic. I can complain about it. But go on. Is I mean, with when it comes down to a connection that is really needed, which is why it's all when you're listening to podcasts and you hear it on most of them, especially the ones using Skype. We haven't had much problem with Mumble, although it's only been one show. Or you can hear that kind of artifacting, and you can kind of tell. The intriguing thing is, it's having that upload speed. That doesn't waver, but you don't need a lot of it. When I remember when radio stations started doing remote back in like the 80s or early 90s, that radio quality, FM radio quality that the major radio stations were using was an ISDN line. It was like, what? That's 128K, I think. Yeah, something like that. Not a whole lot needed to get you FM radio quality. Yet we still haven't figured this out with 35 meg up for both of us, how not to have some issues. And I mean, I get it. There's a lot of things in between the two points, and that's where you're going to have possible problems. But so far, Mumble, I would say, doing pretty good. And we'll see how this Comcast gateway goes. Again, I'm just kind of waiting for the new one to come out. And then I'll do a whole new ad on the new one and how great it is. I I look forward to the the ad. It gives me an opportunity to go empty my bladder during the show. Should I? uh, Your your ads are good for that. Should I send a copy of this show over to Xfinity? Maybe I can get some money off my bill. You you should if you think you can get some money off. I bet bet they, you know, probably wouldn't even listen to it. (laughs) Send it over to Bemlet. Back when I was working audio for Microsoft, um, you, you, you brought up the, the, not doesn't require a lot of bandwidth and uh it we we had the fight uh this was windows xp maybe vista and uh we had the fight with the kernel team because technically windows is not a real-time operating system and what what that means is that you don't get to specify when you get uh cpu you you just request i'd like cpu and then the kernel will get around to giving it whenever and that's why when shit gets really really busy in the system um you you might get some weirdness with the timing of things anything that requires timing if if your cpu is loaded um and and actually there uh we solved this problem with something called uh audio dg back in vista windows 7 i think um which actually does we 
we ended up getting a special carve out from the kernel team to say, no, we actually do need uh, uh, specific time slots. And the kernel goes out and does their best because the way it works with audio, especially, but video to a certain extent, but audio, it's important. Um, video requires an immense amount of memory and, and bus bandwidth. Uh, you have to push a lot of data, but you only have to have that data ready 30 times per second, which for a computer is not that often. So the real problem is if you to keep your video solid, you just have to have bandwidth. You, you have to be able to push enough data and bandwidth is a problem that, that is easily solved by throwing more hardware at it. Uh, audio, on the other hand, you only need a couple kilobytes of audio sent to the to the system but you need that audio to be there exactly when it needs to because if you are as much as two milliseconds off your audio will glitch and you've worked with plenty of of software where it's like you know what kind of of audio latency do you want and most people try to push it down to about 10 milliseconds trying to get audio packets delivered reliably every 10 milliseconds is an impressive software challenge and in fact that's that's the reason why we we carved out some kernel time where we we actually created a system that said yeah i know that the kernel is trying to schedule everything to be efficient but if we're playing audio let's go ahead and short circuit some of that and and get guaranteed cpu time so if you're playing audio on windows they actually set aside some cpu time just for that not very much because it's not that important you have a lot of cpu time you don't have a lot of data to push but damn it it's important that that data be there on time every time you say every time you say the kernel I see Colonel Sanders in my mind. I don't know why. What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Uh, Chicken. The the uh, the Motu. I won't go into an ad for that. But the Motu, the latency is fantastic. But oh, no I, doubt. The, I still run in Mix, which we use for broadcasting. It's, it's a device, which means that it devices get go into the back door of the kernel. They get to hey, come no. in. Yeah. <laughs> That just sounded way oh, you dirtier than you, you meant You don't want to know what that unicorn is doing. Yeah, you don't want. Yeah, I, I can understand that. But for uh, for Mix, you know, the program we use to go up to the stream, I think I've got that set at like 40 something uh, for uh, for a buffer milliseconds, because you're right, um, which is w- why you have buffers in it for live voiceover IP, things like that. Having a little buffer doesn't hurt anything. If you do try yeah. to go completely live, you're going to get glitches this way. The audio has a slight delay, but hopefully never drops out. That's the concept, right? And, yes, exactly. The, and the bandwidth that is needed is the the bandwidth in the CPU is is really important, but the the bandwidth in the internet it's it's an analogous situation. Yeah the the idea is is if something really loads up your internet or something really loads up your CPU to the point where you run out of buffer, uh, you get a glitch. And they don't sound good and it's a bad experience. So it's, yeah, (laughs) you don't need a hell of a lot of bandwidth to push audio bits, but man, you need it to be there. You cannot have some internet storm suddenly saturate your pipe for, you know, 60, 80, 100, 200 milliseconds. And then you, you get a dead spot. Yes. And when it tries to do the error correction, it has that sound that everybody knows. 
from yep. Skype conversations or that that either sound like you're garbled underwater or a very high pitched little uh, uh, beeping kind of a noise, which is very annoying. So, yeah, the, the garbled underwater is is they are throwing away 80 percent of the packets so that they can get the you know just enough data through that you can kind of tell what's happening. But it is it, it's effectively you're streaming in like 24 kilobit which is not good for voice audio. No, but, but you know, uh, uh, people like Skype, they prioritize getting the message through and sacrificing audio quality. If, if you have to sacrifice something due to bandwidth, that makes sense. And that was one of the reasons that we have moved over to mumble for just a little bit more behind the scenes inside baseball. Hey, you want to be a podcaster? we've the main reason i think we moved over to mumble is that we don't have to go through skype servers and we don't have to suffer the ravages of two two round trips to a server somewhere because i'm running i'm running the mumble on my personal server which has plenty of bandwidth and we only have two people on it right now which which really helps yes and having Um, your fiber is definitely helpful because as we ran a ping test earlier today I think the highest ping was like 86 milliseconds where they were averaging like 36, you know, so it was a very stable connection. Yeah. The, yeah, uh, the, yes, the server, in fact, there are only two in, in this entire house. The vast majority of devices are on the Comcast because they have fantastic download speeds. There are exactly two devices that are on the, the fiber and that is my server and the computer I'm sitting at right now. JC Jr. says there's less treble in my sound, too, which maybe hey, maybe there was a setting. We never know. We've been tweaking things as we go along. The one no, show you, I think all I of used, your all of your bandwidth issues you had last night. When, when, when was that happening? Exactly. I woke up this morning uh, and saw that that was going on. Well, uh, OK, if I pull this up, um, I have uh, my time. So Pacific uh, 1245 a.m. Darren O pings out 1255 Darren O reconnects. Uh, 1259 you pinged out uh 1316 you reconnected oh that was that was yesterday um oh uh 1220 a.m you pinged out 22 you restarted 23 you reconnected 34 36 yeah that was all must be comcast doing something overnight because that's between 2 and 3 a.m here so if they're going to do stuff in the local area that's usually when stuff I'd blame goes on. My wife's brother-in-law could be could have been uh, could have been messing with things. But the service we had been using, ZenCaster, we had some audio drift problems, and I got an email from them the other day because we still have an account. I have to actually go in and cancel that because it uh, it comes up again. I think like on yeah, Valentine's yeah. Day. G- given given how happy you are, aren't you glad that we paid for a full year in advance? We didn't. I, that's what I said. I, I never, yeah. I could never pull I, that I, I because don't. I was worried about this exactly happening. And it seems yes. like more people but started I do, using I do it. Remember the discussion where you're like, well, we get $4 off if we pay for a full year or $2 month. a month. Right. So it was like $2 <laughs> a month, 24 bucks. Yes. Yeah, screw that. So, uh, and, and we, yeah, they're, they're soaking us. <laughs> the email that we got was, uh, Oh, we've been having issues, dude. You know, the server is overloaded or something. And of course, they come back with, well, we, you know, we've changed something so we can upscale more easily now, which I don't necessarily believe. And it's an interesting concept, what they're trying to do. But 
the the bottom line is we need something that does if you're going to do the local recording on each side we still need a solid voice over ip because that's how we do the show live so i mean i understand for a yeah. lot of people it's different but Are, we have is, is it really important though i, I mean so. i understand with a lot of shows like no agenda where the hosts actually talk to each other and bounce ideas off each other and and communicate but I mean, is that really the grumpy old Ben's way? Because it is. We've had a lot of shows where you could do your solo podcast and I could do my solo podcast and then you just interleave them. But I don't mean how it sounds to us. I mean, the audio quality going to the stream when we're live. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if uh, if we had a way to go ahead and have the stream mix, then we could both just connect independently and then. You know, I could do some incoherent ranting and you could play bootleg music. And honestly, uh, would people notice? No, probably not. But I know agenda. We've heard that I am the warm up guy. The the fluffer, the fluffer. Right. That's the proper word. Well, Adam used the term warm up guy. And then that immediately got translated by everybody (laughs) in the troll room to you're the fluffer. I've been called worse. Somebody that's what somebody on the uh, on Twitter, you know, give me a si- uh, direct message like, hey, they just called you. The fl-. I'm like, fluffer. I'm like, I've been called worse. <laughs> probably yeah. recently, probably by my wife or everybody else in the troll room. It was Pro- probably by me on this very show. Yeah, that's very possible. I'll take that. I mean, I'm having fun doing those pre shows for the No Agenda show and playing music. It's something a little different. We like to uh, we like to go out and have fun. I mean, I can't talk to you all the time because. I mean, one, there's only so many Nobody topics. Can. Nobody can. Trust me. <laughs> well, okay. I'm, I'm curious what part of immigration okay. you wanted to talk about. Because the other night I got a message from Sir Bembrose. <laughs> hey, do you think we should do immigration as a topic? And then at least you followed it up. Maybe you, you, you had been imbibing because you did follow it up unless I we had. already have. And I'm, I just sent you the link back to episode 20 titled immigration. I was actually pretty wasted at the time i i know it should it might surprise you that i've had something to drink once in a while so you're like basically let me see if this went down you're sitting there you're having a few drinks it's late at night you're like hey a few we 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 should do immigration (laughs) did we do that yet (laughs) well i had a lot of things i wanted to rant about immigration and then i realized that i already had so there's nothing new that has come up here for oh i'm certain that there is but we're just not seeing it on the news because the impeachment is very important. Well, you and heard about this this tunnel that they dug. Yeah, big tunnel, big tunnel, it's, big tunnel. Yeah, it's one of one of many reasons why, uh, you know, the the ten billion dollar border wall will ultimately be defeated by one joker with a sawzall. Maybe. I mean, nothing's perfect. I mean, the question comes down to like with computer stuff, nothing's perfect. But do you try to do the best you can or not? That's the well, not for ten billion dollars. I don't. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't have that budget. But if somebody again, I mean, you go, wants you, to give us no. Well, here's here's the problem. You've got the Republicans spending ten billion dollars trying to build a fucking wall, and then you've got the Democrats spending ten billion dollars giving all these people free fucking health care. And how about you just let me keep my fucking twenty billion, and then I can retire on that. Although I don't think I would get all of it. Probably not. But yeah, the system doesn't work. And watching Star Trek Next Generation, which I've mentioned before that we've been going through watching that, I'm intrigued by just how many of these social issues are hit, but in a oh. way that doesn't totally knock you over the head, 
but the one the other day and i was it was a horrible episode when it came down to it but the uh, uh, the, the writing is not fantastic and the acting is terrible but man cultural icons yeah well that is that is kind of it with the next generation and this was the episode with the i know i know i had seen her somewhere before it was the girl that was in the a team for a year but and this episode she was all you know very short hair with little prosthetics and stuff but it was the society that had moved beyond gender and i'm like holy fuck is that not today well, that's that's what amazes me about it, because I don't get me wrong. I love those Star Trek episodes, but they so many of them tackle societal issues that didn't seem like probably were were outrageous and weird and, and not very interesting. And then only a few years later are suddenly prophetic. Um, for example, after our sci fi episode, you know, many months ago i started re-watching deep space nine just because it, it's a great show and because i uh, had you were feeling like oh i should go back and do this again no it has nothing to do with you <laughs> but um i i recently watched uh there was a, a two-part episode um in season four called Homefront and then paradise lost where and, and by the way just be realizing that this aired in the 90s like 1992 uh and the plot to this in case anybody wants if if you want to avoid a spoiler for a show that aired in 1992 then then shut off your podcast right now but donate and the plot to this was that the dominion the the evil shape-shifting bad guys who can look like anybody uh had had purported or had perpetrated a terrorist act on earth and you know in the entire star trek universe earth is the one place that is it's it's you it's the socialist utopia that all of the lefties desperately want where everybody is equal and nobody ever works because everything is handed to you and everybody is just gets to do whatever it is they want and there was a terrorist act there and they mentioned in the episode a couple times they're like yeah we haven't had anything terrible happen on earth since the borg incident which turns out in the show was the last time anything terrible happened on earth because because nothing happens on earth if if the the show is not focusing on it but the plot was that some military general really believed that they needed to uh they needed to create some kind of military dictatorship in order to meet the threat of the dominion and so he created a false flag event right in order to to shut down the power grid for the whole planet in order to convince the president to institute martial law and once martial law was there and they had uh starfleet thugs on every corner with phaser rifles and he was going to depose the president in a coup and then take over and institute a military leadership over the entire federation and nobody back then knew what the term false flag meant nobody in 1992 even i mean nobody could even really think about what it it was just some kind of crazy sci-fi plot of of we take a terrorist attack and then we use that as a uh an excuse to go institute all of these sweeping 
policies that involve military and overzealous police taking away everybody's rights. And then, you know, nine years later, 9-11 happened. There's our terrorist excuse. Patriot Act. Some might even say the false flag, but I'm not I'm not actually going to say 9-11 was a false flag, even though it might have been and probably was. But um, we're not a conspiracy show. But yeah, uh, Patriot Act came along, TSA, Homeland Insecurity, and pretty soon we, for the last 20 years, have found ourselves living in that military dictatorship with it was Starfleet officers with phaser rifles all over on the street. And, you know, our police force with the, the riot gear and, and military style equipment. And, and yeah, um, it's, it's a little scary how prophetic some of the Star Trek episodes can be. Yeah. A utopia. And in the troll room, if you're not in the troll room, when we're doing these things live, no agenda stream.com while we're doing the Friday morning, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Bemrose time. Bemlet, Tony Bemrose is in there. and. uh Hi, Tony. He said, this isn't a conspiracy show, question mark. He's confused about that. And Progo points out the episode that I was talking about, Star Trek The Next Generation. The protagonist was nonconforming because she wanted to be female and not yes. genderless. Do, which- okay, so so let's just go to the conclusion of the episode. Do you remember how it was resolved? Did Did she get to finally express her individualism and become the person she always wanted to be no no they fucking brainwashed her they erased her mind to integrate her back into the uniform society one of us man you had to be one of us you shall not do something different you will comply which is funny because they i don't know if they were understandably uh, under understanding that they were making the same point of the borg of (laughs) you will be assimilated (laughs) but this was a society that was pretending to be and maybe that was their point you know a society pretending to be so evolved and so i mean when they go through the court little battle with this woman that Riker comes down and tries to save her saying it was all his fault and she's like no no it wasn't and uh the judge the old person woman judge was like oh we care about our people so much that we want to we want to cure them or we want to make them better and it's just like it was so cringeworthy and i could see why because every now and then i'll go look things up on imdb and you'll see some episodes oh so highly rated rated and some so low and this was definitely a low rated episode but maybe at the time it was because nobody thought i could see people watching this in the 90s going well this will never happen this is absolutely ridiculous and we watch it today going oh my god this is this is what's coming well the it, it's again prophetic it is an example for you know of for example the borg are the evil kind of collective you know they they are they are the kind of authoritarians who when you're assimilated you get your individual individuality stomped on and destroyed and and it's the wrong kind because they say it's bad it's it's like calling something alt-right and therefore it's automatically evil um the borg are the republican authoritarian collective and the liberal authoritarian collective is is starfleet or is the you know the the transgender world where everybody is forced to live in this beautiful utopia where as long as you never question 
your lot in life, everything is perfect and it's presented that way. And it's really, I mean, it's really a microcosm of how the leftists in Hollywood think, which is that if you, if you have the authoritarian collectivism is perfectly okay as long as it's your authoritarian collectivism. Right. But the moment that somebody else is being authoritarian or trying to force people to do things against their will, that's bad. And, and I can see Progo is absolutely right. The reason I think a lot of people didn't like that episode was the brainwashing part. And it was a whole, an allegory for gay people at the time that were going through, oh, well, you must go through conversion therapy and you will be cured of your gayness. And I guess I can see that, you know, it's, uh, you look at things through different eyes when you're living in different times. And, you know, this is why things, I mean, we can't avoid Brexit in the news again, but watch me. Well, you can, but it's an intriguing thing to me because I think the European union or any such union, the UN is a really, excuse me, bad idea because people have such varied ways of life that trying to mix them all together and we talked about this i'm sure in the diversity episode but this again is just shining a spotlight on the whole fact is that you had a lot of people that were living in the uk they had their certain way of life they had their certain cultural things they had the way you know this is the way things are done which every town in america is like that every state i mean there's a unique dna things are a lot different in washington dc than they are in the middle of wyoming and that's perfectly fine. You can go and you can live where you enjoy the, the things that are going on around you. The problem when you have something like the UK, which is a fairly small country compared when we're here in the US, I mean, you hear about the United Kingdom. If you're not good with geography, if you've never seen a map, the whole of the UK is a what? How much smaller is it than like Texas? I mean, it's not a big place. Uh, it's not a big place. No, I'll go. <laughs> We like to get I, I very would, I would detailed. throw out a comparison like it's it's the size of Georgia, but whatever whatever state I choose, I'll probably be wrong. Well, yeah, uh, and you're I never know, wrong. Well, what I do know is, I mean, it's call it roughly Florida. It's sixty million people. Yeah, and when you start doing the massive immigration, allowing it because now you're just part of the European Union, and a bunch of people that believe something different and have a totally different way of life start invading your neighborhood maybe invade is a strong word but maybe it's not then you're the one that has to uh you know fight for the way things have always been and i'm not saying that nothing should ever have progress yeah, and nothing what, should ever what move you on. just described is conservatism versus progressivism congratulations yes Con- conservatism is i like the status quo i'm okay with it stop fucking with my boat you know stop rocking it don't and progressivism is i'm unsatisfied with the status quo so let's change everything so why move somewhere else to tell somebody else how to live how, why not just change the way you're living where you are <laughs> right right is that too logical well because because it well no it's it's a it's a matter of of the problem in front of you versus a problem somewhere else it seems reasonable to move somewhere else and change things there when at home you know what the problems are you know at home you're like well i can't because these people are too entrenched and and there's too many people here who don't think like i do so if i move somewhere else i don't know that those problems exist so they probably don't well yeah 
And when did it change? Because you wanted to talk about immigration. When did it change? Not really. Where the people that are coming into an area, I don't even think it matters whether you're talking to the United States or whether you're talking into the UK, which is causing a, a big reason behind Brexit, I believe, where, but let's just use the example for the United States. It used to be when people were coming into the United States, they wanted to, let's use that Borgism, assimilate into the culture. They wanted to be a part of the culture here. Is this a relatively new thing where people all want to come in and then change things the way where they're, you know, it's like, why, why do you want to come here if you want to change it? I mean, except for the fact that they're, if you have these viewpoints back in your home country, they kill you. I, I mean, it's it's a chance to create a new life. It's people are un, uh, it, you you hear you hear stories about you you know how bad it is where you are, and you hear stories that oh well things are better somewhere else, and whether these stories are are legitimate or you know usually they're fancified in one way or another, and you go oh good I can start over somewhere else, but everybody underestimates exactly how much of what of what's familiar that they want to bring with them i i am i think we've had the discussion before where uh i i favor a lot more immigration capability than than pretty much any republican i don't see i don't know about that i mean because one of the things that came up in within the last week or so was aoc Alexandria Ocasio yeah, well, Cortez. I favor, I favor deporting her back to, I don't know, somewhere. The Bronx. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, yeah her send her there. back to New York. Can we? Can we like reverse annex the the Bronx? Just like Long Island, we can give that back to Britain. That'd be cool. But her viewpoint was in the you know I don't know if it was much guessing it had something to do with Trump because everything Orange Man bad, but the requirements. For bringing in people, one of the things was, you know, if you're going to come in and immediately be on food stamps or assistance and all that, well, those are people they don't want. And she was going off like, well, no, that's just, you know, hateful, blah, blah, blah. But it makes perfect sense. It's exactly what we talked about in the last episode, in the health scare episode, that if you open up and give free health care to everybody in the country, whether they're here legally or not, People will just start using us for their health care. They'll just fly in, get their health care, go back home. And yeah. they get free health care on your dime. Which is why the second half of my point about offering open immigration is that we need to stop offering free government services to everybody and make people work for themselves. Right. Which is Trump's thing. <laughs> and this is what AOC had a problem with. So this is a very clear way that you can point to the difference between these two ideologies is i don't believe trump or most republicans are against immigration i do believe that they think that the people coming in should have something to contribute i mean it's like this podcast i mean if we just invited sir matthew onto the podcast and all he did was sit there the whole time and go "Uh uh-huh uh-huh and never said anything else well, you're not bringing something to the party, and he's going to yeah, be doing I, a podcast I, I, on his own. No, so. and we don't want him doing my shtick. <laughs> well, right, we don't want that. Uh, he's going to be doing a podcast. I keep saying this, so he has to do it on yeah, the history should. of mapping, and I want to hear that because he's got that French Canadian voice. I dig it. I I'd like him to do a podcast on something interesting. <laughs> wow, that was kind of mean, <laughs> but he would be contributing, and I do. I think you know for immigration to work. <laughs> 
that's part of the deal is that if you're coming here, you know, you're going to be a part of our club, our group, you know, have something to contribute. Don't just be a drain on everybody else. Everybody had a friend of like that at some point, right? Yeah. Where every time you went out, they didn't have money and they're like, oh, dude, can I borrow 10 bucks? You don't, nobody wants that guy around. Well, and no, nobody wants the, the low quality people. But how, how do you get the high quality people in your country to move out and the low quality immigrants to all move in? Well, that's easy. You give them completely, you, you open up your borders and then you tell them, yes, and by coming in, we will give you a free life on the government taxpayer dime. And then all the people who are like, yeah, but it's a shitty life are going to leave. And all the people who are like, hey, you know, I don't actually want to work. So sign me up are going to join. And next thing you know, you end up with California. I mean, an entire area full of low quality retards. Although in that case, I'm not talking about the the immigrants. I'm talking about the Democrat voters. But what do I know? Yeah. And the politicians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I was watching on Netflix uh, uh, movie, The Naked Gun. Oh, classic. classic movie. Excellent movie. And there was one part in the plot where uh, it just it, it felt like a throwaway where it, it was it's a slapstick movie. And he ends up trying to drive a tank to, you know, to arrest a little low life thug and ends up totally screwing it up. Doesn't know how to pilot the tank. He goes right through the house that the thug was in and out the back wall. And next thing you see, he's going through the wall to a zoo. And then all the zoo animals come pouring out and you're thinking, okay, it's slapstick. They just threw that away. But the rest of the show, they kept making references to the escaped zoo animals. (laughs) And the line was the mayor saying, thanks to you, this city is being overrun by baboons. And Leslie Nielsen's character turns and says, well, I would think that that's the fault of the voters. That is classic line. Yeah, that is that that aged well. (laughs) <laughs> it's not getting better but age See, well. that's that's the difference between comedy back then you know i i'm not huge on slapstick myself but comedy back then was slapstick plus really tight writing and nowadays comedy these days I, and this is i i keep trying to rant about hollywood this episode maybe i shouldn't but um, maybe you should maybe i should but I, I somewhere along the line, what passes for comedy? Well, okay, in 2016, what passes for comedy changed entirely. It's <clears throat> Orange Man bad, but somewhere along the line, people in the writers, especially Hollywood, decided that that comedy is you put people in awkward situations and then you have them say a line where everybody feels really awkward about it, and then everybody stops, pauses, and then you insert laugh track. And that's not funny. That's painful. And I mean, you're getting nervous laughter out of the audience and, and everybody kind of goes, oh, yeah, I, I can see I wouldn't want to be in that situation. <laughs> right. And, and that's fucking comedy anymore. No. no. Another another series that I've gone back and started watching that, I mean, it, because it's on Netflix and also because it's fucking amazing is Cheers. Yes. I watched that, that when my eye thing well, re, well, while recovering from that. writing. Yeah. You don't even have to see anything. Yes, yes, there's totally slapstick in there, but you don't have to see it because the lines 
it's the writing is good they're delivered with excellent timing yeah okay you know at the beginning of every episode cheers is filmed before a live studio audience well maybe if they stop miking the fucking audience then the audio would be better because nobody <laughs> likes laugh tracks but even a live laugh track totally distracting but if you can ignore the laugh track it, the the writing is amazing those people they knew how to write good comedy and it was because they made use of wordplay of irony of comedic timing they didn't just put everybody in there and say yeah i was thinking about getting an abortion uh. <laughs> that's that's new that's the new sitcoms right I, I think that's half the sitcoms out there especially the woke one where it was it'd be a transgender person that delivered that line well yeah well yeah david schwimmer just said uh, you know a friend is david fame. schwimmer getting an abortion he should but <laughs> he suggested that oh I, I think they should reboot friends with like an all asian or all black cast and he said oh my god and i'm like how the f is that diverse oh that's okay. the opposite of diverse <laughs> that's just okay so last night i was talking with bemlet i know that's that's hard to believe and i'm not even sure why i did it other than i maybe i hate myself but we actually he he finally watched the uh the avengers endgame movie uh and and he's like you know it, it wasn't bad it it you know it hit in a well maybe it was me that said that. um my thought on that movie is that it was very satisfactory as a capstone to my interest in marvel movies i have no reason after watching that because it, it when when they set up the you know the avengers infinity war and avengers endgame they were like basically the same movie but they didn't feel like releasing a six and a half hour movie that was supposed to be the end of the first arc of marvel superhero movies and they were so they wanted to close down most of the major overarching plots that went across multiple movies and then set up the next few movies and it was satisfying to see them close down the arcs of those movies and it was it, it was good that they showed me what the next movies are going to be like because uh there is uh you know iron man and, and i'm gonna spoil this because it's a two-year-old movie and fuck you i don't like you um <laughs> thanks tell our listeners you don't like them that's yeah, a really good idea listeners i like you no i was talking to you oh you said them well, I don't like you either. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, they they set up a lot of like Iron Man is not coming back. Uh, okay, Captain you. America is not coming back. Uh, a number of the the characters, like you know the the really strong white male characters, are all gone. Thor is pretty much set up. To, you know they they set him up as a drunkard who is fat in the last movie, and and they set up the the black female Valkyrie to take on the role of thor in the next few movies so um you know black female good woke um they they brought in uh captain marvel you know female woke uh the new iron man is they're they're handing it over to uh his pal uh Rhodey, the black woke now uh don Cheadle, i actually really like his acting i think he'll do a good job at it but yeah new black iron man um, I don't even know if they're re replacing things. And then, you know, <clears throat> everybody who's seen Infinity War, there is the one scene, the one, the really, really woke scene. And if you've seen the movie, you know what scene I'm talking about. 
the the one where they have all of the female Avengers come together into one charge and assemble in a fucking poster pose and have them charge in and really not impact the outcome of the fight at all. But that wasn't really important. They just needed to show all of the females together in one woke moment. They, they needed to show their cycles were synced. I, you said it. <laughs> but this is what they're, this, well, this is reality as well. CNN, just today, was blasting Trump's coronavirus team. You know, the team that he put together to tackle this thing that's going on with this virus, this coronavirus over in China. They were blasting the people he put together because it wasn't a diverse enough group. And I'm asking you, when lives are on the line, do you really want to give a shit what color or gender somebody is or what sexual orientation they are? Or do you just want the best damn person for the job? Well, obviously, I'm not the target audience for such woke stories. And there are people who actually think it's more important that that somebody be have their their correct level of of indoctrination of of intersectionality that's more important than whether or not you know how to fix a virus yeah which frankly given that this virus is is a much bigger news story than it is a health concern um i think that it might be okay however uh when you introduced that you started with cnn was reporting and i think that <laughs> that it's if here's here's something that that would make a really good filter for all of your news viewing and that is when you see something like cnn says just replace cnn with a drunk retard <laughs> and the stories make so much more sense it does it a makes a lot retard, more sense a drunk retard said that trump's coronavirus team isn't woke enough isn't diverse enough yeah and it's interesting when you look at it because all of the you know these shows that i think are falling flat including doctor who because it's all going it's social woke. justice right it's so woke it's going social justice warrior we have to have every gender in there all 47 we have to get every race we have to get everybody that's um either lesbian or transgender yes. or whatever and that's all very important they, they need to introduce another couple dozen regenerations for the doctor just so that the doctor can be each gender yes it, it all maybe all at the same time in some great big time warp continuum problem thing is and, is that one of the genders all maybe i think like, so. i want to be every gender at once of just all genders I, I yeah i think so there are people like that i think that just don't care <laughs> and that's i'll just i'm all i'm, I'm for everything man i don't care you, you like furries i'm I, in but, my gender is sir Bemrose. congratulations the yes, i've made up my own congratulations now there's 68 <laughs> nice thanks thanks for adding to that list <laughs> thanks for adding to the problem but over at the mo facts with adam curry podcast mo was talking about you know, the, the concept that it's okay for people to just hang around with the people that are like them. And it doesn't make you racist. It really, it goes down oh, to. Oh, yeah. Racist, racist. <laughs> okay. Um, platform. platform, because you're saying dangerous things, which are, yes. you know, people that have a shared history, people that have shared interests. And I don't care what the reason is. I mean, it could be what your gender is it could be what your sexual orientation is it could be what your race is but this is how people work i mean when i was really big into baseball it's like i would rather hang out with white Sox fans than cub fans because if you're going to talk about the thing you're interested in you want to share an interest and there's nothing wrong with that but this forced diversity where 
you're trying to have, you know, if, you, if they were going to reboot Friends, I, I would guarantee you they would have to have, you know, each one of them would be a, a different gender, a different race. And this would all just be forced together like, haha, isn't it great? We can all live together in peace and harmony, but it's bullshit because that's not the real world. And I don't think it ever will be the real world because people like to be around people that are like them. It's always I'm, going to be somewhat segmented. I, I'm going to agree with that point conditionally. And that is, uh, yes, it is perfectly acceptable and reasonable to decide to hang out with people that look like you or or share the same genitals or whatever but we all share the same genitals what's going on man it's free love returning (laughs) that's a completely different thing than having the same genitals sharing the same genitals different for for sir pembrose i guess don't don't knock it till you've tried it okay uh but the caveat i will put in is that it becomes a bad thing when you decide to exclude somebody who would otherwise be in your group because of interests or they're an interesting person to be around based solely on the idea that they don't have some superficial characteristic uh the the one thing that is you know obviously forcing diversity based on superficial characteristics is bad but even better than looking around and saying it's okay that everybody i know is white would be looking around and saying i don't care whether everybody i'm around is white black you know uh, male female dolphin curious whatever genders there are it the only way that i think we can possibly move past the diversity bullshit is that we have to stop focusing on what color somebody is or what gender somebody is once it and this the the, this will never go with the collectivist mindset because you have to categorize people and these are the easiest ways to do it but the only way to rationally interact with somebody on a fair and equitable level is to treat them like an individual right and 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 you can judge somebody based on their actions. Trust me, you can. I do it all the time, 24-7, everybody around me. But what are the woke people doing? They're judging people based on skin color and gender and sexual preference and everything except their actions. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Judge somebody on what they say and what they do. And, and trust me, I judge away. But don't judge people based on what they look like or what demographic groups they come into that way lies stereotyping and ultimately racism and sexism and and if you get even worse then you end up voting democrat and then i mean things go downhill from there there's no hope Uh, euthanasia i think is is the logical end point yeah that is a logical next step uh tony bemrose aka bemlet in the troll room points out the latest ghostbusters reboot with the all-female cast and uh, how and how well it did and but i think i just saw something the other day because yeah. dc comics was all in on this kind of stuff rebranding so many of these characters like you said both on the on the movie screens and in yeah. comic books as different genders as different races 
and the sales on those obviously not doing good because i saw a an article that they were kind of discontinuing most of those so maybe hollywood will get the message when people don't buy it anymore what was the other one i recently watched um it was a a miniseries on netflix called dracula and i saw it, it it's three episodes each each an hour and a half long and uh it was uh the the writers for this were uh steven moffat who did a lot of the doctor who stuff right and um uh the writer from sherlock uh mark gaddis so mark gaddis and steven moffat get together and i love sherlock and i really like doctor who when they're not trying to beat me over the head with social issues and so i'm thinking this has got to be good if these two are writing it and i watched the first hour and a half long episode and let me give you a a quick overview of the characters who are in there uh there is it's based on bram stoker's dracula i don't know if you're familiar with the story but i'll assume because it's every dracula myth started with that one right um jonathan harker and dracula those are the two male characters uh dracula is understandably set up to be the pure personification of all things evil um he's terrible uh there's you know there's one point where he wears another character's face like a mask uh he is is dismembering nuns left and right he's i mean he's obviously a bad dude not somebody you're gonna like um jonathan harker is a a pathetic weakling who ends up getting completely destroyed inside and out and can't stand up for himself and is a, a total pussy those are the only two male characters on the female side you have uh the lead female of this and yes i'm spoiling the plot deal with it it's terrible you shouldn't watch it anyway the lead female is agatha van helsing who poses as a nun for the first episode at least um is a very strong very witty female always has 100 percent confidence uh always pure of heart and pragmatic and you know the 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 optimal protagonist that you want in any situation and then there is uh you know who was a somewhat minor character in bram stoker's version mina jonathan harker's fiance another very strong very capable willful female and then there is an entire group of nuns who are every single one of them is pure of heart and steadfast and sticks to their faith perfectly in fact uh you know the the nuns end up getting slaughtered because even though none of them breaks it was uh it was one of the other male characters who broke and totally in like dracula into the convent and so what you have in this is you've got a whole lot of female characters every single one of which is virtuous and strong and excellent and you have two male characters in the entire show one of them is a total whipped pussy who ends up getting destroyed for it and the other is the pure personification of the devil so very diverse it's a fucking woke show if ever i've heard one (laughs) and you know what the writing is actually pretty good listening to the the one-liners thrown out by agatha sister agatha i i mean it was it was enjoyable for the dialogue but just looking at the whole thing and going these people are completely slamming down my throat that that women are good and men are either evil or pathetic 
which is entertainment today, which is why Doctor Who, I refuse to watch any longer after Jodie Whittaker took over, because not because it's a woman doctor, which I do question the need for that. Again, I mean, if you came back and, oh, let's make the Lone Ranger a woman. I mean, there's well, there are certain characters where it's like they've been around so long. My thing. Well, OK, the Lone Ranger wouldn't work because uh, you you would have to retcon history in order to fit that in. Is that what Doctor they're trying to Who, do? Yes. And, and that's why the Civil War was only about slavery and had nothing to do with states rights. Yes. Right. But, uh, Doctor Who, though, they did set up a world which not only, you know, for for a long time. Yeah, at least you know i never watched any of the old doctor but the the reboot starting with eccleston who was not a very good doctor but is a good actor um e- ever since then they introduced with with him the character of billy who was a strong female and then every single incarnation of the doctor has had at least one strong female character uh amy pond was a strong female character i mean they they've done the entire show it's not like it's a surprise that there'd be a strong female in the new show right and they have set up the history of the doctor that the doctor comes back in a different body every couple of years so does it matter that that body has boobs no not in the least to some people i'm sure it does well I she's mean, easier to look at also would need a whole new wardrobe i mean that she she is way easier on the eyes than capaldi i'll tell you that much <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't argue that fact, but I, I, I still question. I, I don't care that the doctor is female. What I do care is all the other social issues that they are beating you over the head with. Yes. Like, well, yeah, yeah this is supposedly a kid's show, which is also a concerning thing. <laughs> doctor who has never been a kid's show. No, it kind of has. I mean, it's always, I mean, it's not been, you know, Barney, but. It is uh, a very family oriented show. It's not like the it's not like you uh you start watching this in high school or later over in the UK. I think it really is aimed at kids. And anybody in the UK well, can I, correct I think us. That, I think that everybody that I know who saw Doctor Who as a kid is hopelessly in love with the mythos of it and and I think they've been brainwashed. I think that this is bad for your kids. I would start probably watching, agree because start watching it as an adult and you can uh, analyze it as as pretty well written sci-fi with a uh, a very interesting but completely inconsistent plotline running through the whole series, which will happen when you're doing what fifty seasons or I mean it's fifty years they weren't around every one of those years but there's a lot of episodes where things which is Star Wars I think is getting into the same conundrum which is the more you add the, and you what? try to stay within the same uh, no I thought I thought all three Star Wars movies were were very consistent <laughs> I agree. Uh, but I have the concept in mind of I don't get why you wouldn't just sidetrack. You wouldn't just roll another character rather than changing something. Doctor Who is the one example that I get because you're well, right. It's Doctor always Who regenerated. It but when things like Superman or whatever, you know, when Superman being black or one of the other characters becoming female, I just think that is so pandering. and. I- yeah it it is you know what i could even handle a a black superman because frankly he's he's kryptonium which means that he comes from he's not even human he's not even from earth so who cares what the skin color is it could be bright purple and that's fine he's an alien we get it it's 
the Lone Ranger cannot be a woman because women did not get in gunfights in the real Wild West. You have to you have to change it from a Western into a fantasy. You have to change the genre. Well, all the stuff they're doing is really a fantasy at this point. You know, if you're doing a a, a Civil War era or an American Revolutionary era story about and you make the lead character black then if that character is not either a slave or a a beat down then then you're not adhering to history it's no longer a period piece it's a fantasy well and it's just a lack of imagination i mean because really if you're sitting here if say you're with dc comics or somebody like that and they're like you know what we need more black characters and they go <laughs> how about black spider-man I mean, can, can you not come up with something new and original and for a female characters the same way? Hey, how about a female spider woman? I mean, you know, like- I saw a, I saw a study once that uh, it analyzed uh, everything to come out of Hollywood, uh, like all the uh, I, I think I don't remember if it was movies or included TV shows, but everything to come out of Hollywood in the uh, 80s, 90s and uh, the first decade of what is that? The, the 20 aughts. Uh, it analyzed the characters in all of those for their their racial distribution, and uh, it wasn't until recently that you started seeing uh, Indians or Asians feature prominently in this. You know, back back in the day, the only Asian in the entire movie would be you know Mr. Miyagi or or you know some it, it just for the purpose of filling a cultural stereotype. But the one thing that has been consistent, at least in those three decades, is that. Uh, the total number of characters have been about 20 to 25% black across all the movies in, in all of it. And the population of the U.S. is more like 11% black. So Hollywood has always, at least as long as I've been alive, always overrepresented minorities which in the 80s and 90s minorities meant black nowadays it means everything that is a minority but popular media does not represent what the culture is actually like they represent what the the lefties in hollywood think the culture should be which is i mean at this point you know current things white people are a minority oh yeah despite still being 70% of the country nowadays there are more intersectionals than there are white people your point was also pointed out even more drilled down by mo fax on mo fax with adam curry oh, god damn it when i can't be uh well, I, I retract it then i can't be agreeing with mo <laughs> he talked about the number <laughs> of gay black men on television and he's just like uh i mean he said the other same thing he's like you know about 11 percent of the population and of that like one percent's gay he's like so how come there is a gay black man Unlike every show now, you know, (laughs) it's like, I, yeah, I, it's, it's that. And I tell you what, that gay black actor, he is not hurting for work. (laughs) Well, Jesse, he might be, I mean, Jesse's got his own problems. (laughs) The, the penultimate of the gay black man actor. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Fletcher does point out calamity. Jane did exist in the old West. So there were some women maybe getting into gunfights. I have to watch the Deadwood movie. Deadwood was a pretty decent series on hbo or was it showtime one of those years back showtime i think that uh they came out with the movie to, uh, years later to kind of wrap everything up which i have not uh seen as of yet but it really was a nice gritty representation of uh 
the old west i mean whether it was accurate or not i don't know i remember reading they dropped like an f-bomb every 11 seconds or something in the show so uh what was this tarantino no no i don't think uh <laughs> i don't think it was but uh, it was in that ilk i think uh okay uh, if you've never seen the the series deadwood definitely uh check I'm it out and calamity jane is in there and she's just a uh, is it, i i I have to admit, I kind of avoid a lot of new stuff because when when I think about reaching out of my comfort zone and and looking at something that was made more recently than 1997, I end up seeing something like Dracula. So I'm I'm a little bit shell shocked by that. Yeah, yeah, Deadwood was in the 90s sometimes. So check that okay. out. But it was I on. Uh, do that. You know, if, if you need it, I mean, I might have a copy on a hard drive, and we can. So. Uh, just like last week, I went ahead, I went through before the show and I pulled out uh, all of the top headlines so that we could do the headline segment. Oh, okay. Um, Here, and, we have, we're going to do the headline segment. Yeah. Do you have, do you have the intro bumper for yeah, that yet? Yeah, I do. Every day I see him, everywhere I go, a boy lives in a bubble, his mother is a crow, big boss living at the holiday inn. He's got Hitler's brain. Here we go Okay. What the f- Okay, well, if you're going to go to music, I can just leave and let you finish the show. <laughs> See, talking headlines. There we go. We got the talking headlines. I, okay. Are, are we going to get deplatformed off of YouTube now for copyright strike? One, we're not on YouTube. Okay, and, good, uh, good. And two, Johnny B, Jonathan Brandmeier, I don't think he's going to get you for a, a 20 second clip. Well, it's not, it's not the individual that I ever worry about. It's the corporation. Yeah, I don't and think this was ever released on a major Google. record label. Yeah. Because if that sounded like music, YouTube is probably going to assume it's copyrighted and they give us a strike. Do people post us on YouTube? I hope not. <laughs> I, but it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past us for Google to be giving us copyright strikes despite being completely off their platform. Yeah, I can see that. Or maybe we could so, just pay J- Dame Jennifer to do our whole show. Uh, like she does the little five minute. That would uh, be kind of awesome. <laughs> we have so, to have the cat on your lap, but yes, you get the talking yeah, headlines. Okay. You have so headlines only, you want to bring. I up. only I didn't have a lot of time because, frankly, I'm way lazier than that. So I only looked at the top ten headlines that were available on Bing News. So here is the list of headlines: um, coronavirus, coronavirus, impeachment, coronavirus, impeachment, impeachment, coronavirus, impeachment. Uh, Somebody died in a fatal crash on southbound Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. Nice. And impeachment. So Kobe's already off the list. Everybody forgotten totally about that, <laughs> that whole thing. Was, yeah, that, that was the, the number nine story on the top 10 was the, the fatal crash in Chicago. And every other one was either coronavirus or impeachment. And after reading that, I went, you know what? Maybe this headline segment is overdone. We need better. I think we would need better filtering or maybe something better than maybe i need better than bing news yeah well did you see murdoch of fox news fame just came out with a brand new very drudge looking site this is his new thing he launched it's k news with a z.com i think yeah um well with that kind of branding i'll be sure to miss it very weird very weird when it comes to a name because i looked at the site a couple of times and I'm still not sure I'm getting that right. Knews, K-N-E-W-Z dot com. And it's drudge-like, but has headings. And it's, again, it's one of these all aggregated news gatherers. And these things worry me because this is when a majority of the world 
is going to these types of sites for news, the places they're aggregating them from are getting worse and worse. I mean, See, the- I'm, I'm going to leave that to be your beat because I don't think that my lockdown browser will even be able to load a, a site with a URL that terrible. <laughs> well, you got to turn one. You have to turn JavaScript on probably. And then nope, 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 nope. you must give them all of your information. You have to put in your social security number twice. So they, they know get it from Google, <laughs> they know who you are. They, and, in fact, they can get it from my Facebook account. I'm fine with that. And then they would like to connect that up to your banking accounts. And, uh, and then they'll need your, the direct link to your camera at your home and all microphones just so they can make sure the right person is getting the news. I don't know, but yeah, uh, who is the right person? There are no right people. There are no right people. And the, I mean, the interesting thing with the impeachment is it's all a farce. It has never been anything but. And the coronavirus thing, while I believe it is real as of yet, there's no proof that this is anything more than maybe a somewhat severe flu as far as the fallout from it. And I understand that this could be worse. And I understand why there are fears that something like this might eventually come in. It might eventually happen, and I think we should be aware of the fact that the possibility of this might be able to happen. I mean, the 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 crackpot theories are you go in and this is a a virus that was being mutated in a lab that got out. So I get why people are scared. I get why you would want to follow the story. Obviously, the people running China were somewhat intimidated by this because you don't normally just quarantine a whole city if you think this is yeah, it's just kind of a flu. So they're thinking maybe it could be worse. They want to see the fallout. And I guess if it's a brand new virus, you don't really know what percentage of people that get it are going to die until it happens. So you have to kind of let a bit of it run its course. You know, my guess would be what you're going to find out in the next week or so is that Oh, no, it's it's under control. And yeah, it's kind of like the swine flu or the avian flu. I mean, all these things that have gone around that have been nothing more than scare tactics. But the, the, the usual suspects are making the case here, which is you're, you're seeing the U.N. Uh, the U.N. is involved, which I mean, I mean, if the U.N.'s involved, we all should just really breathe a, a sigh of relief, because if the U.N. is involved then everything's no. going to be okay. Global government no, will solve all the of hell these. Out of me. Yeah, global government. Don't you know that's going to solve all the problems? No, uh, no. And and I could drop into a rant about global government if you'd like. Uh, I, I almost dropped it in when you were talking about the EU earlier and Brexit, but but you you changed topics, so it might not be worth. Actually, you know, as long as we're on the coronavirus, though, um, coronavirus is is a category of viruses. It it really should not be the brand name of this particular one because. As has been pointed out multiple times, uh, you know, SARS was a coronavirus. There's right. lots of of different types, and uh, I think can we all just agree to call this one the Wu Tang virus, the Wu Tang Clan? <clears throat> yeah, because didn't it come from the city of Wu Tang? Yeah, I, I mean, some people pronounce it Wuhan, but but I like Wu Tang. I mean, we're white guys, so we obviously have to mispronounce things. Yeah, I'm I'm you know what I'm white. It's expected that I'm racist, so. I might as well, you know, act the part for comedy, right? Yeah, you're expected to be uh, what was Don Lamone, you know, that these are you're just a hillbilly 
racist with very little intellect and very little schooling. Those are the only people that might dare not be liberals like he. Yes. What, so. Um, you know, that's what happened to that case when Don Lamone stuck his hand in his pants and then put it on a guy's face. Um, his hand, not what was in his pants. I really don't want to know. <laughs> I, come on, that's an interesting case. In, in fact, I, I don't I don't even want to see that man fully clothed and talking on a screen. So I really don't want to think about what's going on with his hands or his pants. <laughs> well, as far as the UN being involved in something, I'm we, sure you listened. Have, Did you listen to the latest random thoughts of the best podcast on the no agenda stream? Random no, I, don't, thoughts. I don't listen com. to you. You do all the time. The, the Bezos thing. I wanted your input on that. While I was doing the show, I'm like, maybe this should have been a grumpy old Ben's podcast, but I was halfway through it. So I'm like, I'm going to make it a random thoughts. Uh, but I was curious what your well, thoughts. You, you could still splice it in. It'll uh, into this show. <laughs> It'll true. sound totally natural. That's true. I could just put my whole part, and then you could just uh, rant a little bit. And it's the the system that works. But the I'm sure you're up on exactly what happened. Does but this, go ahead and repeat it anyway for the, our listeners. Well, for the listeners, allegedly the prince of Saudi Arabia. What, some some Mohammed uh, Saul something yeah, or other. I, I, he did, yeah, his, his prince. Right. The crown prince of Saudi Arabia met Bezos. Uh, bin, bin Salman. Yes. Met Bezos at some point. They exchanged phone numbers. One, that's an interesting part right on its own. Two. Well, did they meet on Tinder? Maybe. Or Grinder. They oh. then started having communications via WhatsApp, which to me, that's a, is that. Maybe I'm just the old guy who doesn't use WhatsApp at all. Is this a normal thing for the leaders of countries for, for and people who desperately want to send all of their private communications to China? Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. Why WhatsApp? Why not just a normal text message? Why not an email? I mean, I understand some of those may be, you know, they think they're less secure. I don't necessarily believe you're, they you're are. You're just not down with the apps. I guess. Because that in, was in, in today's culture, if there's a normal default way of doing things, and then there's an app. The the app is automatically superior because it's an app. And Which also I mentioned. Possibly because it sends all of your data to a giant corporation somewhere. Like, maybe not. Yeah, in the middle. And I mentioned in the episode that you were right about something. So I maybe just don't listen to that one. Oh, I should listen to this episode. The concept here is because it was a WhatsApp communication Bezos was having with the Prince of Saudi Arabia, it allowed the prince to send a malformed video file through WhatsApp that once Bezos looked at it, it was something allegedly like they're saying, well, come do business with Saudi Arabia. I don't know. It could have been porn. Who knows what the video was? Bezos played it. I, I hope it was porn. And it got his phone completely pwned. And there's a couple questions that I have about this. I mean, one, I guess it makes sense. That since WhatsApp is encrypted from end to end, and it's a yes, they'd like you to think that yes, but it's something that can obviously if say Bezos did actually have some kind of antivirus on his iPhone, and this was an iPhone, which I think is interesting for a guy who sells Amazon products that are all Android based. But I digress. He doesn't want to use his own product. He wants to use an iPhone. That's cool. But everybody thinks the iPhone's safer. Not so much because the video sent to WhatsApp on an iPhone got the device hacked to the point. They were like on an average day. Bezos before this, his phone on an average day 
was doing like 480 kilobits per day. Very little data going from his phone out. Afterwards, up to like 140 something megabytes per day. One month was like four point something gig. This went on for months before it was caught. And this is what I don't get. Well, the, the lesson to take away from this is you should really be paying attention to your data. Yes. Or, or like, like at the very least, don't just pay your data rates and be done with it. I mean, I'm sure uh, he has an unlimited data plan, but don't you think that somewhere along the line, somebody would notice or there would be an alert like, oh, the amount of data you're using just went up by like a million no. percent. <laughs> no, they, there, there is, there is a report on that. It's on your bill. Somebody should be reading that shit. Yeah. So I was one amazed that it went on for that amount of time. It wasn't like he got hacked, realized it and re, you know, it was too late because it you know, it went on for a day or two. This went on for months, which should scare everybody out there. And you're right. You should be paying attention to the amount of data your phone is using, whether you're paying for it or not. You know, if you have an unlimited plan, you should still look and see what your phone's doing, because if there's a change, you, you want to know about that. What do you think that an antivirus would do to help? Would it like block you from installing WhatsApp? Because that's really the only responsible thing here. Yes. The problem was a vulnerability in the app, not not necessarily in the OS. Correct. Because if the video even coming in was coming in through the WhatsApp sandbox and WhatsApp, if it really is encrypted, and maybe it is, that your antivirus wouldn't know what it was anyway. So well, there's if, okay if if it can't if it gets out of the sandbox that's yes. that is a concern with the OS but if it's just you know doing things that with your data that WhatsApp has access to which is pretty reasonable because every one of these apps is like you know this this app requires access to your your contacts list and your files and your porn collection and your firstborn child and everybody's like yeah okay that's fine I, you can have it I'm I don't, I'm not using it right now. Everybody's totally okay with that. So all these apps require permission to, you know, sacrifice your soul and you've given it to them. I think it's less so on the iPhone. I think they give you less warnings actually than Android, but I could be wrong. I haven't really used an iPhone in a few years and I don't really install a whole lot. I haven't, well, I haven't, I haven't recently checked the API for where the, the soul sacrifice permission level is set. So, but this shows you when like I said, I think the one month was like four point something gig of data they pulled off of his phone. He was storing a lot of stuff on his phone and they were trickling it out. And what ended up happening a couple of months later, and I'm not sure this, it, the story said they sent him a, the same account from the prince, sent him a photograph of a woman that looked, the story said, very, very much like the woman that Bezos was then having an affair with, which the story hadn't broken yet. So I don't know. It seemed weird to me that it was just somebody that really looked like her, which maybe it was. Maybe this was a way to say, I've gotten the photos off of your phone. I know what's going on without proving you had the photos. You know, get somebody that looks really like her. Is this at all related to the story from uh, sometime last year when uh Bezos had some information about him leaked out to God knows where. Yes. And he ended up hiring a private investigator to find out how anybody could possibly have done it. And it turned out like his brother-in-law had sold it to a tabloid. That was the story that was written. People now are believing that what actually happened was the Saudi Arabian prince pwned his phone via WhatsApp. 
and release the stuff because of the WAPO pushing the story of Khashoggi, remember the journalist or CAA asset, whoever, whichever asset of whichever intelligence agency that people believe he was. But the WAPO pushed the story about Saudi Arabia being responsible for his death. And it was like a month later that that story of his affair broke. So they believe that there is a a correlation to that now. Yeah. So so here's a recommendation. Um, just just from one IT guy to anybody listening, and that is, um, if you are doing something that you're going to be embarrassed about, don't put the evidence on your phone. <laughs> it should be insecure. that simple. Yes, I mean it should be that simple. People don't realize. I mean, if you're, we've seen stories of people that have literally committed violent crimes and then posted them to like Twitter or Facebook, thinking they were anonymous. I mean, I, I mean, if if the FBI gets a hold of your phone and wants to use that as evidence, and ends up going to Apple or Google and saying, "Can you please unlock this for me?" You, you know what? You'd be a lot better off if that evidence just wasn't there. Now, I'm not recommending that anybody do things that are blatantly illegal. I mean, unless it's not immoral and then, you know, have at, but don't get caught. But just even if you get caught, I mean, you, I don't know, use burner phones, go OTG, follow the, the Adam Curry system where your phone really is supposed to be irritating enough to you that you don't want to pull it out of your pocket at a restaurant. Well, that's Uh, it. In fact, look up from your phone once in a while, look around, pay attention to the other people sitting at the table at the restaurant. Notice the other people on the sidewalk. Look up and pay attention to the bus that's bearing down on you when you step off the sidewalk. Yeah. Well, I mean, just think about the amount of things. And I mentioned this on the Random Thoughts episode that 20 years ago, all of your correspondence, if you were lucky, let's just go right before the computer age. You know, your correspondence was in written form. Your phone calls, there was no record of, you know, maybe the phone company could get some, but you know, yeah, the phone company had it, but it, it actually involved getting a, a subpoena and a warrant in a lot of cases. And we didn't keep records of all these things. Now, every text, unless you go in and wipe these off of your phone, I mean, you could have 5, 10, 15 years of text messages saved on your device, which is a treasure trove if your phone gets hacked. There's a lot of information. You, you, know, you think these conversations you're having via text or WhatsApp or whatever other medium that you're using the end result and i think john mcafee is absolutely right about this and and encryption is great and all but it's worthless because things have to be unencrypted for you to view them on your phone and that is the weak link it's called the analog hole yeah if it's never decrypted it's safe (laughs) i mean but the minute Mm -hmm. it's on your phone where you can read it and and if you're getting bits inserted into your analog hole then that's a totally different podcast yeah but if it can happen to the richest guy in the world, I think it really, your advice is absolutely right, because it was the same advice I gave, that keep everything unessential off your phone. I mean, it's great if you want to use your phone to take photos and that, but maybe move yeah. them to another device and delete yeah, somebody, them. Yeah, somebody hacks into my phone, they're going to end up with a lot of cat photos and, uh, and some shots of pussy, too. How many photos of your cats do you take? I mean, do you dress them up? How does I, you this- know what? It's not all me. There's plenty of times when I'm just sti- sitting there walking around and you know there's a cat nearby and my wife's like, quick, give me your phone. And suddenly there's a cat photo on my phone. And why do you have your phone? Leave it at home. 
Well, okay, your well, cats would be Well, that's the problem home. is when I'm out walking around, she's like, quick, give me your phone, and I have to fucking drive home to get it. <laughs> that's very inconvenient. And all that GPS data, I really, I would like to know what all the Saudi Arabian prince got on Bezos. and uh, Oh, because you know that he didn't keep his GPS off. No, there's no doubt. So, I mean, you get a lot of different... Uh, so many different ways to go after somebody. Maybe Bezos got off light that if this was the only, although this is the only shoe to drop yet. I mean, if you're going to blackmail somebody, you still doesn't mean you can't screw with them like this first and then go, do you want more of this to come out? Huh? Huh? You want your Jeffrey Epstein photos to come out? Huh? Do you? No. So when, let when me ask you a question there. Yeah. What does remote use of shared hardware mean? I don't know, but Sir Dr. Mike Crotch wanted us to talk about that. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly what he meant. I mean, I thought it was a decent idea because at first I'm thinking, well, this means like servers, like if you're renting a server, if you're renting a box, a lot of people have, you know, like a seed box for torrents. A lot of people will get a, uh, I'm you just know, wondering little if it's server the same somewhere. thing as your phone getting hacked. You know, it could be. I mean, it uh, says remote uh, use of shared yeah. hardware. I mean, it depends your, who you're your, sharing. Your with. iPhone might be shared hardware. It's it's in use by you, by your phone company by the uh the ceos of every app that you've installed and by the hackers that have installed a botnet i mean it's much better to just have these like you're doing for our server for mumble it's at home it's on a little computer yes it's right there you have full control over it shared hardware is is a whole new security issue because if everything is configured correctly your data should be pretty safe but we all know how things are usually configured. We do know that a lot of zero days uh, exploits don't get filled and don't get patched real quick. So having any and information we know that, that anybody who follows my advice is resistant to updates. Right. Which uh, how, how is Windows 7 doing right now that we've passed? Right. The uh, we're, we're done with Windows 7. Microsoft has stopped updating it and nobody anywhere is using it anymore. <laughs> despite the fact that it still has the number two OS share of all operating systems ever right behind Windows 10. And is Microsoft, are they going to hold firm and never release another security update or the next big security hole they find they're going to go, oh, no, we'll, we'll to to be nice, we'll, we'll patch this one more. I, I think they're going to hold firm unless there's something that can impact their stock price. Yeah, it always comes down to the money. If If there's something that can actually be held against the company itself then they'll probably issue or or if for example there's there's a, a swastika that somebody discovers in the wingdings font then they need to release a critical update for that but i think for the most part they're gonna they're gonna hold firm i don't think that they're gonna keep working on it security problem no big deal social justice warrior problem we'll get right on that thank you yeah welcome to microsoft um i I think that there, I, I keep waiting. I, I am still waiting for the big story of something coming out that is unpatched in Windows 7 and causes computers all over the place to be infected. Well, XP is still being used. So well, XP might be that virus, but <laughs> uh, oh, what? Uh, sorry, I misunderstood. I'm just saying that's still out there in the yeah. wild. So, t- you know, turning them off. I know people have rolled their own. I mean, there are yeah, hackers out I, there that are doing security updates for XP. So I was in a doctor's office the other day and the, the monitor that had like the, the heart rate and all of the, you know, 
all of the windows that show your blood pressure and and your vitals and and whether or not you're alive and i look at the taskbar and it's running on xp and you ran for the hills except for it wasn't connected to any network allegedly well i i wasn't the person who was admitted to the hospital so i resolved then and there not to get sick but see last <laughs> week's episode to you know that that's always the most rational advice it is it, it absolutely is and on a sad note I mean, I know I had mentioned in our healthcare episode last week about my dentist who had came down with uh, very quickly lung cancer. He did pass away. I mean, so this was just a matter of you think you're relatively healthy. He was 63 years old. You think you're relatively healthy. And within you, you get a, you know, you get the diagnosis. And within, I think it was like, what, five or six weeks and gone. It's a yeah. fleeting thing. Enjoy not, every sandwich. Not a lot of time to do those last few cleanings. No, no, it is not. And we just got a letter. You know, it was kind of you know, heart wrenching. We got a letter from his office last night. And he had passed away a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, the letter that he had sent out saying, and my health won't allow me to continue. And here's the people that I would you know, suggest. It's been an honor, you know, that you chose me. And it's just like, you know, obviously this was sent out before he passed away. And it's like, damn, time, this just went very fast. So, I mean, if any advice. If you're having issues, get into a doctor. The quicker, the better. So, you want to know what bothers me about emojis? Everything? Yeah, pretty much. Well, for, you can say so much with a little smiley face or a puking face yeah. or one with the little, I like the one yeah, with the little mask took, on it. It took centuries for mankind to develop uh, written language, which is actually a pretty amazing uh, invention. Um, well, aren't no, we emojis the, the new hieroglyphics? We, we have the ability to take a a very small set of code points called letters and string them together in uh, a dizzying number of ways to create words, each of which can stand for a concept or or a, a way of thinking. And then we string those together in an unlimited set of sentences that can convey the entire breadth of human ideas. But those times are over, and now. Uh, the only thoughts that we're going to be allowed to have are are the ones for which the the Unicode organization has created a pre-made pictogram. It it frightens me when when we finally made the actual words like made of letters are completely obsolete because then you will not be you know there won't be a concept for things that that you want to speak like um the, the evolution of uh, the emoji for gun, it, it started out as like it looked like some kind of a, I mean, badass, dirty, hairy style or, you know, 1911 or something. And then it, the it eventually became a, a, a squirt gun, a super soaker or something like that. And, and that's just looking at it, what Google and Apple are putting into their operating systems. And pretty soon that one's actually going to be removed, just like the critical patch with the swastika is is they're just going to say i'm sorry we can't we can't let you have an emoji for gun because somebody is going to go out and use it to threaten violence against somebody else and and we can't allow people and it, it, I mean, emojis are especially in younger generations they are completely displacing the concept of using words and the problem is that when some authoritarian standards body comes out and removes the emoji for the word gun and we don't have words anymore, then nobody is going to be able to think about a gun. And what happens when then they 
remove the emojis for uh, you know, individualism, for self-expression, for freedom of speech. And, and pretty soon, this becomes the way that you can control how people think because we controlled the language. And it really frightens me because all emojis, like the, the, the emojis we can use are of a very small set of, you know, not, not very small in terms of total number of code points. Cause frankly, there's thousands of them. My fucking computer code is being clogged up by all of this bullshit code for rendering emojis that then the website goes out and tries to download a font from Google fonts, which, which by the way is a virus because it's from Google. And so I blocked that in JavaScript. So all of this complex code used for deciphering emojis on my system is then completely wasted when it puts up the Unicode square on my page because it doesn't have a font for it because nobody knows how to cache local font files anymore. They all have to go out to Google for everything on their freaking website. Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. Radio silence? Yes, yes, that is exactly what I got because I don't look at the window like you do. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's the first time we've pulled the Bemrose and we're like, yeah, I'm just going to go to the you bathroom. Just, you're, you're you're going. Just, you just fucking Bemrose to me. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> See how it is. You like it? You enjoy it? <laughs> that was awesome. So, yeah. Um I it it's kind of like the when people say you know they they use language badly and they say you know language evolves and and yes yes language does evolve we're not speaking with the same words that we did in the 14th century but when when you make up something on the spot and say well language evolves so it's okay you know when when people use the word literally to mean figuratively right they, they say oh language evolves no no that's not how evolution works evolution does not work within a single generation Evolution works when uh, people with the old traits will die off and then new people come in with new traits or learning a new way. And the swapping out of people is how evolution happens. It doesn't it, it doesn't involve making shit up and then browbeating the old people who learned the old way and saying you have to do this or it's not correct. That's not how evolution. It, it, it's the same with language. You can't evolve a language within a decade. When you make up a new definition for a new word, just just a quick pro tip for anybody out there: when you make up a new definition and call it evol evolution, you're not evolving language. You're just communicating badly. Is anyone using emojis yet in person? Has anybody ever seen this? Like, if uh, you know, again, somebody comes from a foreign country and they're visiting your little hamlet and they don't speak English and they want some wine. I mean, you can use like the wine emoji or a pizza emoji and just like put it on your phone and point, you know, hey, point to it. We, we have a much older concept for that. It's called pantomiming, <laughs> which works a little less. I, I think maybe the emojis might be a step up. Well, and, and there's another way for dealing with that uh, as well, which is is tried and true and absolutely works, especially with American tourists in Europe. And that is that speak you don't louder. change your language. You just speak slowly and loudly right. in English, and somehow they'll understand it. Where is the bathroom? <laughs> and, and that blank stare you're getting, that's them processing your superior intellect when you do that. <laughs> Why don't we have a babble fish yet? Come on. Why can't we just throw something in the ear and everybody understands everybody? Well, you know, in Star Trek, they have the universal translator. If we can just get all the Star Trek technology, then our socialism will be a utopia. 
I know they have that, but was that was that ever explained how that works? I was wondering about that the other day. Did, is there like an implant that goes in? How does the universal translator work? I understand the babble fish in the Hitchhiker's Guide because you actually put something in your ear. Well, it, there was an episode where uh, of DS9 where the Ferengi ended up going to Earth in a time travel shift. And they actually were looking in each other's ear to see if they could fix the translator. Okay, so there there must be an implant of some sort. I I don't know either that or it's some kind of like biogenic earwax or something. <laughs> Maybe whatever works. I don't yeah. care. Whatever it's, works. It's really techno babble of the day. In fact, I would not be surprised in the least if more than one explanation has been given in the series about how it works that are self contradictory. Well, yeah, that's again that is the problem. How Star Trek works with the big canon of all the different shows doctor who same way star wars same way except you know star wars is only three uh movies the rest of it's just um what fan fiction yeah what what happened to sci-fi universes where that were internally consistent and actually work within the bounds of understood knowledge i mean who who does that anymore the last authors that i can remember reading that did that were henlin and niven i don't know it's uh it's become as all entertainment is a vehicle as we've beaten to death here today to push SJW or, I mean, again, the, uh, whatever the du jour of the day, whatever, you know, instead of the soup du jour, I guess, whatever the idea du jour is of the day, this is what we're pushing. And which is why entertainment has gotten so much less interesting because I mean, this, I, there's a reason why I'm watching, you know, Batman from the 1969 and 70. There's a reason why you're going back because to all these old you're shows. Old? Yeah, maybe, but I think even Batman, which was obviously so campy and so, you know, uh, you know, just lighthearted, is still very entertaining, and there's nothing like that today. And there, even the shows that were written, Starsky and Hutch, I've been watching Starsky and Hutch, and uh, I always loved Huggy Bear. The, the grittiness and the, the whole, uh, you know, some great writing, but again, you weren't pushing a, you weren't pushing a one particular well, methodology you weren't pushing the social justice warrior stuff you weren't trying to change people's lives you were simply trying no, to entertain this, this this was back when hollywood didn't have an entire group of people who had grown up where the industry was already on top of the world and culture centers and they were actually trying they, they had to get eyeballs not because well you're just expected to watch hollywood which is kind of what its downfall is they back in the day they had to do it because they were competing against other forms of entertainment, like like watching paint dry and staring and eating dryer lint. Well, now they have grumpy old Ben's. And by God, that is competition enough. <laughs> that is. And we're glad you're listening to the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. We appreciate everybody that listens, comes along in the troll room while we're doing these things live on Fridays at 11 a.m. Central. And uh, if you like the show, we would really would mean a lot to us if you'd go over to grumpyoldbens.com and subscribe leave a review like the larry show got a lot of reviews we need some reviews even you know just make stuff up to say we're good that's that would be the that would be the best thing you could do leave a couple of reviews and we do work on the value for value model so if you like what you're hearing go over to grumpyoldbens.com and click one of those donation buttons or we have a P.O. Box address. I wanted to go this week, but then I wasn't feeling good the last couple of days, so I will make it out to the P.O. Box. If anything's there, we will go there before the next show to see if anything's there. 
You can go to grumpyoldbenz.com to get the P.O. box. You can get our phone number there, which is what? 480-4-GRUMPY, I believe. You can call, leave us a voicemail, ask questions, all those things. And we do have a donor today, executive producer Jay Noah Davis, once again, on a monthly donation. We appreciate it. And again, you can go over to grumpyoldbenz.com and click that donate button. You can do a one-time PayPal, or you can do a monthly PayPal donation, or you can go to um, our very, very exclusive Patreon site, patreon.com slash grumpyoldbenz where you can also give us money and there is a ton of wait no there's no content is there nothing at all i I, Uh, well that that depends on whether or not you've donated if you haven't donated then uh yes there's lots of content there that you can't see and fletcher's rewatching mash another great series that is a good one good writing the uh yeah as far as the grumpy but i was was gonna put up the the six hour new year's eve recording which we did uh with the usual yes. suspects is how i uh, put that uh, one out. although uh, you know, well while listening to fletcher snore into the microphone is good entertainment yeah. does that qualify as as an awkward situation being passed over as comedy again i think it is and well, see it wasn't that i mean i know uh dr sir actually the the real comedy was the the real comedy in that was actually uh whenever fletcher would accidentally kick the mic in his sleep <laughs> And everybody would would comment on it. Hey, Fletcher's still around. And then after a while, I started doing it. But you guys kept blaming Fletcher anyway. Right. Which uh, was good. It was also good radio, but it made it seem like he was there with the rest of us. Dr. Sir, Mike Roch wanted the the recording. He listened to the whole thing. So, I mean, I think he deserves a medal and everybody else who went back and re-listened to that. Yes, it is dedication. It was a fun conversation. We should do more of those. uh, Just get together on a random evening with a few adult beverages and kickback. I'm like, I don't know where to release this. I don't really, it's not a grumpy old Ben's bonus episode. It's uh, I mean, I really cut down on the, uh, could, could you release it as a hog story episode? Yeah, I'm sure. Actually, I can get that over to Fletcher if he wants to, to post that over there. I mean, that really, yeah, it don't, fits don't, in you with, don't need Fletcher for this. Just you release it. Oh, I can release it on hog story. Are we hacking yeah. Hogstory.net? Uh, who says we haven't? This is true. I mean, you are the, uh, well, actually, you're right. I think hogstory.net, that is on one of the no agenda servers. So that is uh, that is probably well within our purview at this point. Sorry, Fletcher. Um, if, you're, if your website entirely changes in the next few days, you might not be looking at us. That's all I'm saying. But J. Noah Davis, we appreciate the donation. We appreciate everybody that has been uh, encouraging us to do more of these grumpy old Ben shows and to keep it going on. And we're coming up to episode number 50. A band is going to be a big bromance of a day. Episode 50, Valentine's Day. I mean, that is. Yeah, that's the first big number. I mean, that's that's for whatever reason, Mark and George. We come out of beta. Right. That's the that was the reason we get out of beta after 50 episodes. And then we know if we have something here or not. So vote. Do we have something here? Do we not? If you like the show, subscribe, donate and all that other kind of stuff. If if you if you like what we're doing then uh you you can vote by donating one hundred dollars if you like what we're doing and one hundred one dollars if you really like what we're doing and five hundred if you hate what we're doing yes that's a very important thing so if you hate what we're doing that's the way to let us know and we will take that very seriously and just get worse like it was on the like the pre-show i was doing for no agenda the other day um yesterday and i played 
some Billie Eilish and DC girl really enjoyed the Billie Eilish. So I followed it up with some Taylor Swift and which everybody start complaining about. This isn't a rock and roll pre-show. This is now this is now a pop pre-show. So I went into Britney Spears and Debbie Gibson to like, hey, if you're going to complain, I'm just going to play more. It's and you the, wonder why I don't listen to your pre-show. It's the grumpy old Ben's way. If you complain, you get more of whatever it yes. is you're complaining about. I learned that from you. Yes. Well, it's it's good that my ideas are rubbing off. <laughs> so until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we still haven't gotten enough snow to use the snowblower. Thank you, global warming. And from America's left coast, where the trees dance and it rains sideways, I'm Ryan Bimrose. <laughs>